My dear friends, this is Brother Angelus here to introduce to you for the first time the Icons Impact podcast. On the show, we interview Catholics who are changing the world through their faith in Christ. We're so excited to share this week's episode to our podcast listeners. Find us here every week or on a Catholic radio station near you. My dear brothers and sisters, welcome to Icons Impact. My name is Brother Angelus. And I am Brother Innocent. We are twins or triplets or something sort of like that. (laughs) Brother Brothers. We are members of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal here in New York City. We're so grateful to bring this uh, segment to you called Icons Impact. You know, the new evangelization brings us to a call, a vocation. And that vocation, uh, we really believe here at Icons Media and Icons Impact is this, that the most powerful piece of evangelization is through the power of witness. Your lives, your yes, your daily experience of the faith, your daily experience of following Christ and loving those around you is the best hope for the church is the best hope for the world. Because face it, brothers and sisters, people love stories. Um, When you hear a good homily, you remember the story. When you hear... Um, when you watch a good movie, you, it's the story that captures us. We're so excited to invite uh, one of our dear friends uh, on the show uh, today, a uh, dear friend from Iowa. Uh, he is an evangelist himself. He's a husband, a father. He's an author, an evangelist, travels all around the country uh, being this witness. And we're so excited to have him here today on Icons Impact. John Leonetti, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. I love being here. Hey, bro, why, tell our listeners why you, so, you are so awesome at being Catholic. <laughs> why well, I'm so awesome? <laughs> well, this just got really uncomfortable. Uh, no, you know, but you know hey, what? listen, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I love my faith. I love my Catholic faith. It's everything to me. And uh, it has been since I was a kid. Mom and dad really instilled that in me. And um, it's just been something that has walked with me. Of course, Christ Jesus through my faith and it led me into a deeper relationship with Him. But I love it because I love that. I love the uh, the ability to be able to uh, see the messiness of the world and to be able to give some kind of answer to it. You know, and the answer I think is the church. The answer is is Christ Jesus working through His bride, and and that just gives me so much hope. It gives me the ability to be able to look into the world and for things in my own life to make sense as well. So I just I love being Catholic. You're you're. A husband, your father, you're an author and evangelist. It's like you're a one-man evangelization team. Uh, we're speaking to you today. You're in Washington. You live in Des Moines. You're in Washington. It's it's incredible to have the gift to be able to. The Lord has called you first of all to be, to be a man of your of, of your family of, of providing for them. But you get to take that inspiration that you just talked about about loving your faith, and you get to go out into the world and you just can say, Hey, here I am. Here, here's my inspiration. I love the church. I love Christ. And I, I want to give you that gift myself, and I want to tell you about it. Bro, what a gift. Yeah, you know what? It, a lot of times people think being a, being a speaker or talking about the Catholic faith, you got to know all these amazing things and have a different spin on it. And, you know, I always tell people I'm the most unoriginal person on the face <laughs> of the earth. Like, everything that I said has been said before and over and over and over again. I just I love getting up in front of people and just saying, you know what? I love being Catholic. And you should see you know, when you're in front of 500 people and you just, you tell people you love being Catholic and these are working, hardworking folks. And you say, I, I am so passionate about my faith and I'm, I'm head over heels in love with God. You should see that the collective sigh or breathing in that, that you see from people and this, this ability almost that, that the Holy Spirit, I, I always say the Holy Spirit kind of takes over and just, I, I hope, knocks on the doors of their hearts and says, it's okay. Yeah, bro, you know, your joy. Your Amen, bro. And your joy 
your um, the dynamic of your the, the the dynamism you have to evangelize, bro. That's contagious. I've been I've seen it myself. I've seen. Um, you know, there's countless videos out of you preaching in your books. You're, you're contagious. People sit down and, and you have the ability to communicate the gospel and they are touched. And, but what a gift that is. You can't fake joy, you know? I mean, and you guys know this. It's, joy isn't uh, something of the world. I truly believe it. Joy is something of the Spirit. Joy is, is our God. And, and when he presses on your heart, when you encounter him, this is all what our Holy Father, Pope Francis, has been talking about. When you encounter the Lord Jesus in your life, you can't help but be joyful. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, like I said before, messiness that happens and a lot of suffering, a lot of struggles, but all that gets put into perspective, and, and really it's just flooded with, with joy because you enjoy the one that you're with. It's, I liken a lot to my own marriage, you know? I mean, I'm so joyful. My wife isn't always happy with me, but I, I'm, she's, she's joyful, <laughs> I'm joyful, and it's just a, it's a beautiful thing. And you, you know what? You say married, it, marriage it is hard. Life, I think a whole new purpose. Uh, those of us who have uh, lived the consecrated life for the priesthood, we just look at marriage and say it's so perfect, right? This marriage is not hard. <laughs> well, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> hey, John, the thing is, bro, the thing is with the church, uh, especially with why well, I think Pope Francis is such a gift for this time, is because you see it. You, you go around and talk to young people in particular. And my brother and I here, and we travel all around, and we listen to young people. We encounter them, and I think you would agree with me, is that uh, there's a sense of sadness. Um, I think there's some unsurety. I think there's some anxiety. I think people really wondering what they're doing in their life, what's going on. And sometimes they have a hard time seeing the Lord. Where is he? And how is he active in my life? And, and you know, there's, there's a sense of maybe he, he doesn't have a place for me. He doesn't have a call for me. And it is the exactly this message of joy. And, but the way you do it, bro, is so beautiful because our faith is real. It touches every part of our life. It doesn't, it's not some pious uh, thing we put up. We don't put our things on everything on the shelf and just look at it and pray to it and fold our hands all nicely and, and tilt our head and say, oh, this is a wonderful faith, but it's real. And I think what people want and are hunger for is to know that Jesus wants everything to do with my life, wants everything to do with my sorrows, my joys, my insecurities, my anxieties, whatever I'm doing, he wants it all. That's the message of joy. That's the message you take to people. And bro, in your books, your witness to family life, your witness to the fact that God is, is not boring. And we'll get to that in a second, but it's that, that contagious joy that Jesus is real and he wants every part of me. Amen. And that's why I love being Catholic. I mean, this is, this is what the church speaks to. The church speaks to the whole person. The church speaks to you know, not just not just the soul, but also the body. And of course, you know, this is this is what uh, I and I believe this is exactly how uh, the world is going to change and, and will continue to change is through witnesses in our church that are continuing to rise up right now, whether they're lay, consecrated, whether they're priests, to be able to to look out into the world and say, look, life only makes sense with Christ Jesus at your side. And then another term for witnesses, icons, is we're just trying to brand this thing, bro. If you could help us out there. <laughs> You said another term for witnesses icons. is icons. Should we should we just say it like three or four times every <laughs> single time, every break? Yeah, exactly. That's what they say. That's what they tell you to do in radio. You know, I mean, in radio they tell you you got to say it over and over and over again because even though you get tired of it, the audience. Is Speaking of, of saying it over and now, over again, now you owe me thirty dollars. Oh, thank you. Session. We'll pay you for marketing. Speaking of saying it over and over again, this is the time when we need to say welcome to Icons Impact. You're listening, my brothers and sisters. To John John Leonetti, John Leonetti from uh, Des Moines, Iowa, who's actually in Washington right now, giving a talk to a parents out there. Speak of saying things over and over again, John. A term you hear in your life a lot is dad, daddy. Yeah. Um, tell us about being a dad. Being a dad. 
Oh, I don't even know where to start, man. My son is crazy. He is crazy. I mean, he, he takes the kid. He doesn't stop talking. First of all, wow, does he know, oh, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> I wonder where I know, he gets that from. You know, it is it is one of the coolest things in the world to be able to see your son grow up and uh, and I just can't even stop laughing like thinking about it. My wife thinks he's nuts. I think he's nuts, and he's like the best nuts in the entire world. I mean, he'll, how old he'll is he? Sit back in the. He's two and a half years old, so he's just learning to talk right now, you know? I mean, and he gets up at, like, he gets up at, I don't know, 6 o'clock in the morning, right? Just like the Friars, I'm already huh? Up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I'm already up, but my wife's not up yet, and, and I'm walking by his room down, because I'm going to get ready to go to my show downtown, and, and I'll just, like, see these fingers, like, sneaking underneath his door, and I'm just like, this is the creepiest thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. Like, what are you doing, you know? So I'll kind of open the door a little bit, and he'll look at me like he just stole, like, ten cookies from downstairs, <laughs> you know? I mean, he'll just give you that look, and it's the best thing, you know? I mean, and, and to be able to form him and to be able to raise him, already as a young Catholic man and help him fall in love with Jesus, Amen, help him bro. fall in love with Mama Mary and Amen. and to be able to see that it's just, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful gift. Could we interview him next week? Is that possible? <laughs> yes. He'll you... give you a better interview than me. <laughs> If you can talk about monster trucks and excavators... I mean, hey, you know, listen, we asked long. you to sing a song, and maybe he will sing us a song. You probably will. <laughs> I come up with more songs than him than anything. My wife has, like, banned me from singing to him because I come up with, like, the weirdest songs in the world that she loves. <laughs> hey, bro, just a, just a couple of years ago, you decided to um, take this love of your own family and the experience that you have as being a husband and a father, and you wrote your first book in... One of these days, you promised me that we were going to um, co-write a book together. That is yet to happen. Oh, it'll happen. But we're going to do something. And basically what I mean by co-write is that John will write it, and then he'll put my name on it because he loves me. <laughs> send me your stamp and your name on <laughs> Exactly. It. I'll, I'll send you my signature. I'll write the prologue. Is, do, do they do those things these days? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To, to no get back, read them, but yeah, you can do it. <laughs> That's exactly right. To get back to it, bro, you wrote your first book on the family. And I got to tell you, that was impressive to me because you are a talented guy with, who can speak about a lot of, about a lot of subjects, but you chose the family. And we're, we're in the midst of the Synod on the Family right now in Rome, and there's so much going on, and this is such a pivotal point in, in, our, in our culture and in our church to promote authentic Catholic family life. Tell us about your desi- what, what, you brought, what you put into that book and the fruit it's making in the church. I wasn't, I wasn't married when I wrote that book. Um, I didn't have any kids when I wrote the book. And so really what it was was my letter to what I wanted my family to be like in a lot of ways. You know, and, and if any, every one of us have grown up in a family, and every one of us know that family life is so messy, and family life is so difficult on a regular basis. You know, and God has like the best sense of humor. I always say because, I mean, He, he gives you He gives you the instruction, the commandment to be able to love one another as I have loved you, and and uh, you know He didn't go out and say I want you to love everyone. He didn't say I want you to love the whole world. Nowhere in the Bible do we see that. He said I want you to love your neighbor. Right? Amen. I, want you, Amen. I want you to love your neighbors yourself. Well, who's our neighbor? First and foremost, it's those people that are closest to us in our family. And who is it that is the absolute hardest to love on a regular basis? My twin. Our family. <laughs> hey, yeah. Easy now, easy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You guys know exactly how this goes. And it's like, it's messy, it's difficult, but, but there's so much joy when we can get it right. And I think that's why God gives us those people closest to us, because he says, look, when you get that, then you're going to start to get this whole love thing. Then you can go out and start 
loving everyone like like you want to do. But it starts right first and foremost in the family. If anyone knows, and I think everyone does, that is a lifelong process. You know, bro, it's one of those things where it's worth the investment, right? It's worth the investment of time and and pain and struggle and patience and whatever it might be. You know, if you can, the focus, I hate to use this term, the focus on the family, that's interesting, (laughs) right? it's it's worth the investment, and you just to go back to the, the my you know everybody wants to canonize the friars, and you we always say if you just lived with us for about a couple hours, you'd realize that we're not who you think we are. But it's one of those things we try to be. But. Brother and his son, I want to be canonized someday, but our family is going to stay in the way from that. <laughs> I, I'll be there with him. <laughs> you know, John and I went to college together. It's important for everybody to know that, and so he has stories. I'm gonna be I'll be old enough to sign with him. Don't do it. Don't. Hey, John, you, uh, you know, let's, uh, transition because you wrote a first book and you, now you, I, I think you just came out with a second book. Um, it's, it, it really talks about evangelization and it really puts the responsibility on Catholics. Uh, the problem is with kind of in our hearts about what it means to evangelize. It's called your God is too boring. Uh, tell, tell us about that. Yeah, I, you know what? I think we're getting God wrong in our culture. And when we get God wrong, I think everything else is going to fall, too. And uh, I don't think it's just something amongst, like, atheists today. You know, a lot of times we just kind of put the blame on atheists and say, look at what they're doing. I don't think so at all. I think it's even well-intentioned Christians. You know, many of us are getting God wrong. And they can be in small ways or it can be in large ways. I mean, I, I grew up, um, I grew up, you know, not, I, I always say, like, worshiping the God that I that I try and worship right now, because, you know, God to me growing up in a lot of ways was this guy in the sky with this big white beard, and, you know, he would um, he would be up there waiting for me to mess up, or, or I would kind of make a list of all the things that I wanted in my life, and I'd send it to him, and then he would check it twice, <laughs> Amen. and then he would find out if, if I'd been naughty or nice, and then if I was good, then he'd give me what I wanted. If I was bad, he, he would withhold everything, and, and I realized that wasn't God that I was worshiping, that was Santa. <laughs> and then there were points in my life where weird, I would go that's through weird. and I would like I would only worship God when I had something wrong with me, you know, when something was when there was a struggle and I realized that wasn't God I was worshiping, that was Tylenol. You know, like the headaches to <laughs> come by and then I and then I you know, I would only go to God when I would complain and, and it wasn't God, it was a cosmic complaint box I created in my head that I just kinda of <laughs> sent everything to and I, when we when we even well intentioned Christians get God wrong, we can see the effects that it can even have on our families. So I wrote this book to be able to help people get God right and Amen. it's not because I'm smart. I was a three student. I, I don't get a lot of things. It's because Basically, what I've done is take some of the really heady stuff and make it applicable to us. Amen. The only way we can know anything about God is, is because He's first, as you guys said at the beginning of this, revealed Himself to us. That's the only way we can know anything about Him is because He's chosen to make His way known. Amen. We are here with our dear friend, uh, what's your name? John Leonetti. <laughs> A, a really a, a college friend and someone who is making a significant impact on the church. And we were talking about his latest book before we had a break. Your God is too boring is what it's called. And uh, John, just kind of reiterate what it uh, kind of in a sentence, um, the fact that the, the, what you try to set out to do by this book. We got to get God right. And when we get God right, I think everything else in life uh, makes a little bit more sense. So the only way we get God is through, um, through actually no act of our own, but by His, because He's first willed Himself to be known to us. So it's, it's, it's kind of like what truth is, right? You know, truth isn't something determined. Truth is sound. And, and it's an encounter, right? Who God is. Yeah, it's an encounter with the truth. So it's a movement towards 
that which already is, and and that's God. So Man, God this is, is this kind is of a, deep. a truth that I can come up with. God is found. We have to we find Him. But the best part is, is about our God is He's already made the job so much easier because He's found us first. So it's a matter of just opening our hearts and saying yes. Amen, bro. You know that's and that's it here at Icons Impact, Icons Media. We're really about capturing and celebrating this encounter. And this is in in this part of this the segment of the show. We want to now move to how you having encountered Christ and and how every single day of your life have you have told us um, and as we have seen in your works is that this encounter is the central part of your life you encountering Christ is is what makes you able to go be a missionary to be evangelist so can you take us back to that moment when you first encountered Christ when this first became real to you yeah I know exactly when it was you know I I told you um I'm a result of a loving family, but a broken family. And uh, mom and dad, you know, they worked so hard um, to try and give uh, my sister and I a, a great life, and they, and they really did. Um, they also gave us and really instilled in us through the brokenness and struggles of everyday life um, what, um, what, uh, who God is, at least in, in a deeper vision than I think what we were seeing before. It was always um, it was a non-negotiable whether we went to Mass growing up. Um, but we were kind of like every other family in the sense that we just kind of put Jesus up on the Jesus shelf when we were done. You know, we'd it's safe that way, right? It's safe. If he's, he's far away, then, he's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just kind of compartmentalize him a little bit. And, you know, Dad Dad always went to Mass, but Dad, just for the love of Pete, he could not stay awake <laughs> during Mass. I mean, Poor guy, hey, listen. Time, I would look over at him. And it didn't help that, you know, our pastor at the time, and, and he was such a dear friend of mine, and uh, he recently died a couple years ago of cancer, and, uh, young, way too young. And he um, he he was like the worst communist in the entire world. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, I you mean, just said was, that publicly, was, <laughs> so here we go. I just said it publicly. It was horrible. Well, we, we talked about it at his funeral publicly, so it wasn't a big deal. I mean, it was it was horrendous. Um, and he would get up there for like eight minutes and you would just be like looking at him, you know, like, no, no, yeah. no. And he knew it. And he'd joke about it even a lot of times. Everybody has but different gifts, right? Always, Everybody has different gifts. Everyone. No, listen, listen, because everyone, um, everyone knew this guy just couldn't give a homily, but he was always put in the largest parishes in a diocese. And the reason was, is because this guy was so, so holy and he was the guy that was at your bedside three or four times when you were in the hospital. He was the guy that didn't sleep. He was the guy that, that if you needed to go to confession at 3 a.m., you called him up and, and you were there, and he, you, he was hearing your confession. He was the guy that um, would come to your family whenever there was a struggle, whether it was a large struggle, whether your dad lost his job, whether it was a huge struggle, whether you just found out mom had cancer, that he would be there. He would pray with you. And People flocked to him. We put Eucharistic Adoration in my home parish now, and it filled up every hour, like overnight. I mean, it was incredible to be able to see what this guy could actually do. John, it was it's, all because of this prayer life. It's, it's these witnesses, bro, right, that, that make Lord, the Lord real for us. It's these witnesses yeah. that, that peop, the Lord puts in our lives, whether they're from our families, like you talked about, your own family, your pastor. How many of us have experiences of those churches we went to that weren't perfect, but there was priests there that loved us, our high school teachers, uh, the heads of the youth group. There were people there that walked with us and that witnessed the Lord and witnessed his mercy and his love and his understanding to us. And it's incredible to know because that's how we're formed. And that's how we experience God's love. And then that's how the Lord becomes real to us. Amen. I mean, and, and the Lord became so real to me through this man and just his holiness. But I'll tell you the moment that it kind of shifted for me. Um, I was, uh, we were at Mass and uh, 
I was younger, and I remember Dad was asleep. Mom was fighting with my sister, and um, my mom <laughs> looked over at me one day, and uh, she stopped arguing with my sister. And the priest, uh, Father uh, Father Joe, was holding up the uh, the host, and she looked at me and she said, "John, she said, this is when Jesus hears your prayers the most." And I was just like, "Wow, I, w- what's going on here? What's different here?" And I was a normal kid. I was thinking about everything else except what was actually <laughs> happening at the mass. But Mom said that, and I remember just praying for the first time. I really felt the Lord asking me to pray, and it was a simple prayer. I don't even remember what I said, but I remember I just gave him whatever it was on my heart. And later on, a couple years later, um, my dad, even though he'd fall asleep during Mass, after every single Mass, I couldn't leave church without my dad making me shake hands with the priest. Yeah. And I never asked him why. I never asked him why, but there was one day I did, and I said, Dad, I said, why do you make me shake hands with this priest every single time after Mass. I mean, sometimes I'd be waiting in line for like 20 minutes, and my dad didn't care. And he looked at me, and he said, John, he said, because there's something different about those hands. He said, mm. those hands mm. are consecrated. Mm. And I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea. I mean, sitting there as a seventh grader, you know, those hands are what? You know, but what my mom and dad did for me during those years was give me a deeper vision that everything wasn't just what meets the eye in this world, but there's a deeper reality here to my faith that I got to tap into. And that's when I started really working to be able to try and understand what, what my faith was all about. Amen. And it takes that experience and then the ability and the grace to be able to communicate to others, bro. You're such a gift to the church. And just for the record, I want to set something straight. Brother Innocent falls asleep in every holy hour. <laughs> whoa, yeah. whoa. Well, hey, this hey, listen, this, this is about John's experience, not my daily experience. I, I just felt that it just as far as, so you're I didn't have to go down together, your dad, so I I'll just take, thought it was important that... Uh, I'm brother, with him. I'm, I'll take that with him, all it's right? It's part of Brother Innocent's daily <laughs> you experience learn, you learn from the best. to fall asleep. Hey, listen, the Lord is pleased by little kids who sleep, you know, just sleep in front of him, you know? I, I'm sure you're yeah. pleased by your, as you hold your son, who is sleeping is or... passed out at mass. <laughs> as he's coloring on the pews, you know, I'm like screaming at him in my mind, like, don't do it, you know, running across, diving at him. And, and, and you know, we, we always sit by a huge statue of Our Lady, um, because we always tell him Mom was watching him, you know, and, and in a beautiful way, and he loves it. And he's always blowing her kisses, and so it's those little things during Mass that we can do, too. You know, when the priest raises the host, you know, I look at him, and I say, this is Jesus. This is That's Jesus right there. And he'll just stare, and he'll just be like, Jesus, you know. Beautiful. And he'll go up, and, and we can't even walk by the, the piano any longer because he's known <laughs> for, you know, like reaching over do and you, like hitting four or five keys. Is that you time, or your son? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, he's and, and he's asking me, like, I want to receive Jesus. I mean, he'll say that when I go up. He'll say, I want Jesus. I want Jesus. You know, and I'm Bro. like, yeah. And, know, hey, is John, isn't like, that the up. cry of all of our hearts? You know, yeah, as, as, a little, as a little boy, and as a little boy, as a little girl, we cry out for the Lord. We want to receive Jesus. And, and John, tell us, um, as we kind of wrap this interview up, I, it's, I don't want to go. This is too fun. But we, um, tell us about your daily experience. Um, you know, we had you on the show because we believed you were icon. You reveal Christ in the world, and but we we want to we want I want you to share what your daily experiences is like. How how the Lord continues to feed you on a daily experience. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm very fortunate because a lot of people don't get this, and, and fortunate in some ways, and not fortunate in others. But my prayer life a lot of times revolves around my family. I mean, this is what it is. But when I'm gone, uh, you know, I only have the phone to be able to pray with them and. You can't keep as much attention over the phone, so I really kind of go into my interior, into a, a deeper interior life when I'm on the road. Um, I, I I love the rosary, you guys, and the rosary <laughs> is, awesome. is 
such a school of prayer for me. And I know sometimes it may seem like, yeah, okay, does everyone pray the rosary, or is that just kind of gone by the wayside? Um, I, the best thing in the world is pulling out your rosary when you're sitting next to someone on a plane. It just freaks them <laughs> out, you know, and you just sit there. And, and I get so many questions from people a lot of times, like, oh, you're Catholic. Or, you know, my grandmother used to pray the rosary, or we pray the rosary with my family. So the oh, rosary in Our Lady is, um, is probably the biggest, uh, the biggest icon for me, if you will. I mean, the, the one who shows me what it means to be able to truly live to Jesus, this life in Christ Jesus, and points me to her. When I'm home, my prayer life is very simple, um, because I'm, I'm constantly praying with my son and, of course, my wife and my daughter. And my wife and I have that intimate time of prayer together every single night, even when I am on the road. Nice. And it is, it, it's, it, and I mean this sincerely, it is the most intimate thing we do. I mean, it's, it's praying together, because you're talking about bearing your soul you know, to one another, and that there's nothing more intimate with another person when you're able to when you're able to do that each night. But my prayer life with my son is is very simple. You know, and my daughter, and and uh, I make the sign of the cross on his forehead. We've taught him the sign of the cross. He loves to kind of smack his hands together. You know, for the <laughs> amen part. The, the best and part. He's excited about that. <laughs> and, I mean, the other day I was like Saint. We always you know, we named them after saints. So I said Saint Joseph, and he has to say pray for us. And I said Saint Augustine. And he says pray for us. St. Gianna, pray for us. Blessed Kira, Luce, Madonna, we need our, our daughter to pray for us. And afterwards, he just paused and he looks at me and he's like, Saint baby Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, pray for pray us? Pray for us? That, you know, yeah, okay. you know, have mercy on us. That's the way we're going to end the show. Saint baby Jesus, pray <laughs> for us. John, we're so grateful, bro, for your presence. And uh, we're so grateful for the witness you give. You are truly an icon to so many of us. Um, even those of us who went to college with you and know your story. <laughs> you are still an icon to us. Thank you for your yes to the Lord, for your willingness to be a father to your family, to be a husband to your wife, and to be an evangelist out there uh, preaching the word of Christ, being on fire for the Lord, to let the world know that, uh, that, the, that Jesus is alive and he's real and he wants to be with him. We're so grateful for your presence, bro. And all I got one thing, just keep being awesome. Hey, you know that what? Was the I first love of- you guys. We need you. We need you two guys to light this world on fire. And if there's anyone that's going to do it, it's going to be you. So stay close to our lady, will you? Hey, <laughs> hey will you uh, make sure you say a prayer for us when you're on the road doing your thing? And tell those uh, tell those people out in Washington today that uh, they have a great gift in front of you. Actually, yeah, you would be the one that has to say, I'm a great gift to you. <laughs> yes, yes. That wouldn't get awkward at all. <laughs> exactly. John, thank you so much, bro. God bless you, and we'll keep you in our prayers. My brothers and sisters, thanks so much for listening. Brother Innocent, our, and our honor to be with you every week. Icon's impact. It's making an impact in the world, bringing Christ to, through those we meet, to our families and friends. And only because we have first received it from him, we know he loves us, and only then can we make an impact in those around us. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Icon's Impact, the podcast. Listening here, you'll have the chance to hear about what's going on in the land of Icons Media and our parent organization, the Live Greater Foundation. In particular, this week we're celebrating our second anniversary. We were founded over Easter week two years ago, and we've done amazing things. These shows, sending school supplies to Haiti, providing Bibles for kids, providing Thanksgiving meals to hundreds of people. It is really amazing stuff, but it's not possible without support of people who believe in us. So take a second and visit iconsmedia.org for more information on how to support us as we try to bring the resurrection of Jesus to life for another year. And if you like the show, visit iTunes and give us a positive review. Even if you didn't find us there, it makes a huge difference.